You're listening to the number one Oilers podcast, Handkerchief Dynasty. Two minutes for interference. Greetings, everyone. Uh, welcome to the Handkerchief Dynasty podcast. Episode, is it episode 60? I think it's episode... No, 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 no. It's is not. it 59? It's 59 or maybe even 58. No, no, we've had 58. We've definitely had 58. Um, how are you doing, uh... Yeah, yeah, 58 was 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 the, the fantastic Zach Lane, who we definitely have to have back very soon. Not too I also, soon. I also heard him the next day on the Oilers uh, Nation podcast, which was quite nice. Um, yeah, episode 59, uh, I am the secret professor, as always, joined by the high priest of Oilers Magic. Hello. How are you? <laughs> How are you, high priest? Uh, pretty good. Good, good. Uh, it's a kind of a nice, clear, uh, balmy Sunday night here, which is quite nice. Um, been having a pretty good weekend. Looking forward to the week ahead here. So, um, I had a question for you. I just wanted to start off with uh, vis-a-vis Oilers at training camp. Okay. So Seth Jones tested positive for COVID, and there's like other players uh, such as Austin Caleb Matthews, Jones. etc. Caleb Jones. What, who Caleb. did I say? Did I say Seth Jones? Yeah, you did. I always do that. Sorry, Caleb Jones, Seth's brother. Um, and I'm just wondering because I'm, I'm I'm assuming the protocol is okay. When you test positive, you have to be isolated, and then you're I assume you're not allowed back with the other players until you test negative. That sounds and, right. And then they're playing. So I'm just hoping that you know they're right about. The, about a, t- a negative test, meaning that it's safe for you to be in contact with other people. I mean, I guess it, it must, right? I'm no, I'm, I'm, I'm no scientist. I'm just a professor. I'm more of a humanities guy, you know? Yeah. Um, well, I think me? when you test negative, 
you're pretty much good to go. But there's definitely been cases where people have tested negative. I mean, it still feels like the virus holds all the cards, right? Like, I was kind of worried because, you know, thinking, okay, well, he's in a defense pair with Broberg. And it's like, what if we're wrong about the threshold for detectability in the test? I mean, my, my paranoia is like off the charts for, at a time such as this, obviously. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm kind of surprised. Like, I feel like that hasn't come up, though. The question of, you know, like, what if we're wrong about, but I mean, they can't, I mean, you, I'm sure they know what they're doing. They seem, they seem to be very, very meticulous. Well, I don't I just, really I just think... wish I had a little more info about that one topic, to be honest. It would put my mind at ease a great deal. Yeah, I don't think anyone knows what they're doing. And I sort of feel like these playoffs shouldn't really be happening. But it looks as though they are going to happen. Yeah. So I'm excited that they are. But it, it kind of feels like that... I mean, it's been evidence, what, hold right? On. Let me just stop you there. How? Right. What other event would you say you would not you would think it shouldn't happen but if it did you're excited that's a good question what other life event life event yeah or or just event in in the world i'm not sure it's an interesting... like this shouldn't happen but if it did happen i'm gonna be excited it's kind of a weird conundrum i mean that's the whole thing that's what makes that's what this is right it is a weird conundrum yeah it's yeah. definitely weird. Yeah. But you. I think they have, I mean, we both know, right? There's been, we, I'm sure you've read as many cases on it as I have when it shows up in the news and it's like somebody tested negative for it, but then they were still had it. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah, exactly. So I don't know. I think, uh, I, I guess like with anything else right now, we'll just sort of like cross that bridge when it comes to it because you know, very likely there could be, it's not like a false positive or is that what it is? When you test negative, it's a false positive, right? Something like that. Yeah. I mean, there's also the question of, of reinfection. The thing is, I mean, the, yeah. another, another, another element to this is, you know, these are people partaking in um, an enterprise that is worth, you know, millions and millions of dollars, I think billions, right? Billion, mm-hmm. billion, billion, it's just a billion dollar business. And they have access to, you know, probably the best available medical advice and uh, and test kits and whatnot. It's, it's certainly uh, definitely a good thing that they're in a place where the virus isn't very widespread. So it's not as though there could, you know, pe- the, pe- there would be like, if people in Edmonton couldn't get tests and this was going on. It would obviously be like <laughs> not just bad PR, but like quite a, like a, like a little bit of a travesty. Um, yeah. So thank but, God I mean, for that. But but it, like these people are kind of I feel like. Uh, an event such as this is a, a, like an indicator of what we can expect. Um, like, I'm just so nervous because if something goes wrong, it does not bode well for the rest of us. Well, you no, know? and there's a lot of things like, um, let's be realistic here. Like, when when the playoffs begin here, when the play on, playing round begins, the Protoffs, um, <laughs> like, Edmonton's going to go crazy. And I can't imagine that there won't be people on the streets and people getting together. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of weird when you think about it. It's like the numbers are really low here, I suppose. I don't know. I think they're kind of going up. They're kind of going up everywhere. But it's kind of weird that one of, I mean, both the Toronto too, like these are cities that, are extremely passionate about hockey, you know, and I wonder if um, maybe putting them in a place that w- wasn't so hockey crazy would have been, would have made more sense. It's just like, I know Edmonton's going to lose its mind. Right. And it's so unrealistic to expect that we're all just going to like stay home and like not go to bars. Like I know I'm going to stay home and like kind of keep it together, but I, I'm, that's the kind of guy I am. I'm like a, you know, high priest, right? Yeah. I got, stuff, I got stuff to do on my own, my studies, my, um, of course. all that stuff that Scrolls. I do. Yeah. Scrolls. Yes, exactly. The tomes. Tomes. Yeah. yeah. The grimoires. Do you have any grimoires? Grimoires. Grimoires. Yeah. Like yeah. I probably wasn't going to be leaving the house anyway, yeah. but 
it's just I I mean I guess we're gonna see. So right now, yeah, there is there is tests available, but you know who who knows what's gonna happen after like if the Oilers win you know, this game against Calgary, like it's going to be crazy out on this. That's going to be a really crazy day here. And we haven't really had a day like that in Edmonton yet. Mm. I mean, this entire time and really like in, in years. Well, like what's, what's, how are people in terms of like masks and keeping distance? And stuff uh, they're pretty, cause they're good. not bad here. They're pretty no, they're good pretty here. good, but I think the playoffs are going to be like, it's a different kettle of fish, right? Like people are going to be, imbibing you know they're gonna be oh they'll be imbibing i'm sure yeah and when well, everyone i don't know about you but there's a vibe here right now where um you know it's like mid-july now and we've had some nice weather and all of a sudden it's like oh yeah summer it's summer's ne- it's now it's summer all at once it just like happened yes. because everyone was like too scared or too preoccupied with this or that and now it's like oh it's nice oh summer remember summer you love summer and it's like your friends are out there being like summer, summer, come out to the summer with us, and you're like, I love summer, because it is yeah. nice, you know. You you squeeze a little lemon into your beer, you know. Yeah, I mean it's summertime, right? And that's you're like in a backyard. People, People yeah. should have backyard parties. That's what they should do. Well, I think, I mean, yeah, hopefully, socially distanced backyard parties, you know. But even that, like, no, I mean, I mean, when I say backyard parties, I mean just the people in the household. Don't invite anyone else over. They just yeah. go into the backyard and have a party amongst themselves. That's what yeah. that's what I'm proposing. Yes. Oh, I completely agree. Yeah. Because yeah, people are going to be. It's just people are going to get together. Like it's a sort of thing. I'm not sure if you can. That's where it gets so tricky with sports and. You know, I guess the rest of the world is. I don't really know how you can quash people's spirits in a way that makes them not want to get together when they have something to bond over like sports, you know, like it's this, I was thinking about it when I was riding to work the other day on my bike, like mm. how just the fact that, uh, you know, if the Oilers were to win a game here or go on a run, like you would be, I'd be making eye contact with like everybody and like, smiling and stuff you know like everyone would kind of feel like we're all in this it's some this stupid thing that we can unify under so i'm not sure how uh sports and COVID is going to work like it's one thing it's really easy to say we're not going to let fans into the building but that's kind of like not the whole thing you know what i mean because people are still going to want to get together and experience it together and i'm not sure how that's Um, like i have no idea you'll want to yell you want to be going yeah it, yeah. Not only do you want to yell, but I think you sort of have to yell. You know what well, I mean? Well, it'll be like, very that's difficult what I'm to saying. resist. Yeah. Well, it's it's kind of like if 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 the universe was trying to create an atmosphere where you weren't tempted to yell, it would not have the the Oilers playing in playoff yeah. games in Edmonton. Exactly. That's, that's not that's not the formula for lack of yelling. I'm curious. Just gotta if... do it from within from within the confines of our home. You know. Yeah. Which is, I mean, it's it's easy for some of us to say that, but I think there's other people that are like, it's it's like the whole point of it is that you you go to a bar and like watch the game, you know, which could makes sense to me. But I guess like we just have to be responsible. Outdoors, as much outdoors as we can do. If bars can just like have big patios and street parties, and because out it does not transmit very well outdoors. No, that's true. In the sun. Uh, you know, if people are wearing masks, you know, get the, the Oilers should be giving out millions of free branded masks no to kidding. make sure to make sure everyone has an oh Oilers mask on and, so and right. to promote and to promote safety, you know, to promote we're responsibility because so right. we're we're living in a society. I mean, we're not, in, you know, we're in Canada. We're not in America. We're still living in a society for now. Yes. So there's no reason why we can't all get behind some safety. And it's funny too that you mentioned that because whenever the oilers have gone on a playoff run in the past they always mail there's this huge mail out right where i don't know if it comes with a newspaper or if it just comes like care of the oilers but you get like i think it comes with a journal actually but you get like a sign right that says like go oilers go and everybody puts those up in their windows so yeah they really should be doing that with masks you know yeah, if the supply is available. I think I think the supply chains have probably caught up a little bit by now, I'm sure. You know, with all kinds of, you know, cloth and whatnot. Hmm. 
Yeah. All right, minions, get out there. Spread the word. We're gonna we're gonna start a petition on Twitter. Branded well, masks for everybody. Paid yeah. for by paid for by the Edmonton Oilers. Well, I mean, if everyone's gonna be on White Half <laughs> going. <laughs> yeah, but that can't happen. that can't happen though. No, that I can't mean, happen. Yeah. Same with Vancouver. I mean, I don't I don't really know what Vancouver's like in the playoffs, but I imagine like it's similar, right? Like Vancouver kind of goes hockey crazy at playoff time. Like I just don't know what is going to be. It's just so weird that now there's this thing. Yeah. yeah. Like it was easy to kind of do this. It feels like with when there wasn't this, and now there's this all of a sudden, and everyone's just kind yeah. of going going to have to like. That describes a lot of elements summer. of this summer. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was. Things were a lot easier before this. Um, I do want to transition to uh, some bullshit. I wanted your thoughts on on Twitter. Um, so there's an Austin Matthews versus Leon Dreisaitl. Oh my god. Um, bullshit thing going on. Like it's it's some it's some bullshit. I'm gonna tell you this right now. Okay. I'm gonna tell okay. you this right now. It is some bullshit. So. Comparing Leon Dreisaitl to Austin Matthews, okay, so, um, like, the most points Austin Matthews has ever had, he had a season high, or a career high this year, 80 points. Okay? Big deal. The most. The I almost most. got 80 points. Leon Dreisaitl has 200-point seasons, motherfucker. Like, it's crazy. It's just beyond bonkers. I mean... It is some bullshit, yeah. Well, uh, I mean, Leon Dreisaitl, okay, so even just looking at goals, okay? So Austin Matthews had 40, 34, 37, 47 this year, okay? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess, yeah, Leon Dreisaitl is kind of, so the last four years I gave, 29, 25, 50, and 43. Yeah, but I thought that was that was pretty hilarious. Um, people on, Leafs fans on Twitter trying to say that Austin Matthews is better than Leon Dreisaitl. Like, have they seen an Oilers game? Have they seen Leon Dreisaitl play? Like, are they so blind by the, you know, well, Toronto-centric media market that, like, they've been brainwashed into thinking somehow this player, I mean, come on, objectively, objectively, Leon Dreisaitl is better than Austin Matthews. I mean, this is something that's been going on for, like, like quite a while, you know, like, kind of the need... Like, we're getting Austin Matthews, like, pushed in our face. You know what I mean? And I sort of think, yeah. like... Same way, the same way he pushed his genitals in that woman in the car's face. You heard the story, right? Yeah, I think it was his, his uh, buttocks. But oh, yes, his butt. Of course. Yeah, of course, of course. And it's it's thinking that Austin Matthews is, is in any way comparable to to uh, either uh, Dreisaitl or McDavid, to me is like a borderline like insanity. It's like it's like it's like voting for Trump. Not in a way that I think it's like but it's that <laughs> it's that level of absurdity, right? You're just like negating so many things. You're just like not accepting so many truths that are staring you right in the face. Mm-hmm. It's insane. It sort of makes me think that maybe like the a really great final, maybe the best possible final would be like a Oilers Leafs final. Like I think that would be I was just thinking the same thing. Yeah, it's it's funny you mentioned that because it would be pretty magical. I mean, even though I think that would be the the Leafs overachieving. um, Oh yeah, it would be. You know, they're a young team with a lot of young talent. They're hungry, so I think I think a young hungry team is going to be the one. They're going to have an advantage. All those teams. I think it really drives fans of the Maple Leafs and like the that the Eastern media or like the national media essentially crazy. That I, I think they feel they were very, very, very close to becoming Canada's like sexiest team, you know, and now they're just like not, and they're still trying to like no, no, but but we are really, but you're not. So it's got to be like it's got to sting a little bit, like the way, like when they got Babcock and how that went, and Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner and John Tavares, and it still feels like if you know anything about what is going on in the game, that they're just like playing second fiddle to the Oilers, you know, and it'd be great to meet them in the finals and, and beat them soundly and prove once and for all that like there is no comparison. But like you said, 
I don't. There's no way the Leafs are going to make it to the finals. Like, there's just no way. I mean, they would really need to. They really need to over. Yeah, they need to overachieve to get there. I would be shocked if that team made it to the finals. Shocked. I'd be shocked if basically any Toronto Maple Leafs team made it to the finals at this point in history. You know what I mean? The Leafs making it to the finals is one of those historical events that is just inherently shocking at this point. Yeah. I just can't see it. I can see almost anyone else making it to the finals. I think there's just, it's just like a, I just can't imagine hockey being successful in a place like Toronto. Like there's just way too much bullshit to wade through to make it to the cup finals. I don't think, like I, hats off to the team that does it, but I don't think this is, this is that team this year. I mean, they have a fan base that would be on pins and needles the whole way. Like, can you imagine the Toronto Maple Leafs winning a round? I mean, the entire, all of Ontario would lose its fucking mind. Like, yeah. they would be, they would be, they would be so nervous. So Yeah, nervous. well, that's what I think, like, that's what I think kills them in the long run. Like, they just kind of. Uh, I think there's like a Maple Leafs magic that exists that's like Oilers magic, but the Maple Leafs magic is like dark, like it's not a good magic, and it, it winds magic. up um, overwhelming you. In like it, it, it just like overwhelming is the wrong word because that's sort of what happens here too. But overtakes maybe, or like um, it just overwhelms. You off. It overwhelms. Yeah, that's what that's I said, what but I. That's kind of what happens here too, but it's a positive. well. No, but we're 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 overcome and overwhelmed, but in like a in like a beautiful, yeah, transcendent way, you know, yes. like a rapturous type yeah. way. It's very right. It's the light side of the magic, the the hockey magic. I mean, we also have summer magic is getting mixed in here. There's summer magic in the air, you yeah, know, but it's well, a weird it's a weird right summer. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's it's gonna be. I mean, every day that passes here, it's like uh, it's really ramping up, and you can really feel it. the The energy on July 28th is going to be incredible. That's going to be something that Edmonton has has never really seen before, obviously. But it's it's going to be something else. Really looking forward to it. Kind of, kind of like nervous about it. Looking forward to it ultimately, but you know, nervous. I'm feeling trepidatious. I'm just excited but also kind of like you know it's like a first day of school sort of feeling maybe minus like the dread i didn't really dread going back to school ever it kind of feels like that which is really exciting uh yeah i didn't dread that much there was definitely some dread in my mixture my back to school mixture that was definitely one of the things i had on the list that i had to pick up you know padlock loose leaf paper pencils dread um so i wanted to ask you because the lines are in practice are also getting but Tiffin is continuing to try and find a mixture. Like he has Athens CU on the third line now. Yeah. Um, and it has me wondering because when you're putting when you're putting together the finishing touches on a roster, especially in your forward core, um, and especially in like your top nine, you know, mm-hmm. um, it's just it's so it can be so tricky. It seems to find those final a few of those final keystone pieces. You know, like Yamo is a huge piece for us. Yeah. Um, and we have these guys, Athanasiu, Ennis. Like, if you, it's interesting when you look at like the list of potential skill forwards that were in the running um, in like the fall. There were definitely a few, right? Um, but a lot of them didn't work out. Uh, and then we still kind of, and then really it was like Yamamoto in the end that really became the gem that that, that rose um, out of the bunch. And like nice. maybe, maybe like uh, we, maybe even you know. Maybe we're still a ways away from finding like the next keystone, like piece. Like I'm really hoping, I'm really hoping Tippett can can find some magic because he seems he does seem to have a, a history of getting the best out of his players, you know. Yeah, well, I think sort of like like I'm not Yamamoto to me never really felt like a keystone piece. Like he was just kind of I, keystone seems like the wrong word. He just kind That's of like was plug and play or like turnkey. Is he a turnkey solution? Yeah, maybe a turnkey solution. I'm not really sure what that phrase means, but that sounds. It means right. you can just walk up, walk up and put the key in the door, turn it, open it up and just like walk in and you have everything you need. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think it was more like that. And I'm not sure like Ennis and Athanaseo to me both seem like 
I mean, there there gets to a point like you want to have like um, your stars, right? Like, and we have like the Nuge, Connie, Dry, Yamamoto, and then it kind of feels like in the playoffs, like you you just want really good pieces, you know? And I think we have like I think Ennis and Athanasio to me are like those are great pieces to have. Like if I was watching a team that had the guys we have on it plus those guys. I'd be like, shit, this team is like, all these guys are pretty good. You know what I mean? And they seem like, like, Ennis seems like the sort of guy that he he gets that. Like, it's so important that those players understand that that's where they're at. Like, that's their role. And it's such a great role. Like, it's it's no uh, small potatoes to be a guy who's cachet is that he's able to play anywhere doing anything like it's 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 uh being a utility man like that is like gold right like there comes a point where some players accept that and then other players are always trying to like up their goal totals or something like that and that can often to be yeah that can be to the detriment of the team you know but i think ennis ennis especially i'm always so impressed hearing that guy talk and just what other guys say about him how he totally is like on board with the type of player he is, you know? And like, I'm not worried about Ennis. Ennis is, Ennis is solid. Yeah. Ennis is definitely of, of the new forwards in the mix. Um, the one that, yeah, you described it, you described him very well. So I don't even need to, when people that. I was going about... to repeat what you said, if I say anything, but well, yeah, I right. think the, I, I think the real, the real rub, the real question and the real Holy grail of this situation is finding a top six that has Andreas Athanasiu contributing like he like we know he can in that in a top six role and and there seems it seems to be a seems to be a struggle to find it right now well, what do you like, think he, like, he's had some good scrimmages and stuff what's uh, the i'm first really line, curious to see what happens the first line is going to be what are you thinking for the first line what's looking like nuge and cass yeah and, and connie and then the second line will be yamamoto dry and anis I think that's how they rolled it today, yeah. And then the third line was Sheehan, Archibald, and Athanasiu. And then the same fourth line we know of JJ and uh, real deal, James and deal or no deal, McNeil. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, Alex, the Cajun, Shiason, baby. Yeah, I don't know. Like, Which I think... I, that I could think be good, we, too. Yeah, I think... I have a feeling that... I have a feeling that the way it's going to work out is that we're going to maybe come pretty close to you know like rolling four lines and maybe leaning on those top two lines more but essentially rolling four lines like it sounds to me like from what i've read is like the team is really on board with the whole concept of the team this year like with you know with um when colby cave died that like obviously brings a team something like that brings the team closer together but i think even before that happened like this was a team that really understood how important it was that they gel as a team and i've got that impression like just watching the games all year well i'm so just I playing think, playing is more of a unit like yeah. the breakouts a lot more puck support well, like yeah just exactly. way more yeah you more see it on the ice yeah so i wouldn't be surprised to see like no matter what the lines end up being i wouldn't be surprised to see them closer to you know rolling like rolling four lines. Well, I mean, the the third line of like the Sheehan line, uh, Sheehan and Archibald have been great at even strength, especially if we're like if it's a tie game, we're defending a lead. So I could see it more like we roll like three lines, you know, like the top lines each get, you know, just around. I mean, you know, he he's he really he 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 ran the horses a lot of, a lot of the year. So yeah, maybe like, you're right. I mean, maybe he will. Maybe we'll go top heavy with Dry Subtle and McDavid. I mean, it is the playoffs after all. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm sure those top two lines will get more minutes. But what happens if like James Neal pots a couple goals in like the first two or three games? You know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. Totally. And that's a, that's a fourth line guy. And then all of a well, sudden, well, a fourth line can be really, really huge in a in a playoff oh series, gosh. or even totally. a short play in like a five game play in series. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think the scientific approach would be to roll four lines. If if, if our fourth line is getting eight to eleven minutes a, a game. We're probably we're probably doing pretty good. Yeah. And that fourth line has I think that fourth line could be a good line for us. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, all those guys have shown me 
that they give a shit, basically. You know what I mean? And when I've thought to myself, like, when I've wondered throughout the year if those guys give a shit, they always answer my wonderings soon. You know what I mean? Like, there was never a long stretch of time where I was ever, like, really down on a guy or not convinced this season, which hasn't happened for a long time. And like I said, whenever I started feeling like that, they always did something to kind of, you know, prove to me that they were down. They were just kind of like in a slump, which happens. I can understand that. You just need to tell me. Just tell me you're in a slump. That's all. Yeah. Like that, that's what happened. So, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I think we got to really I'm I'm pretty happy. I'm pretty happy. Like there's no real. Well, there's yeah, there's nothing I'm really like concerned about you know thinking like we have the like our power play or penalty kill like we have amazing special teams the depth the depth is very reassuring at this point because i feel like just to just to put a bow on the the forward discussion for example you know if at any point someone's not looking like they're going um you know nygaard could step in and and you know he's dying to step in there like i think nygaard still could is is, is a potential player for us and he has especially like on that third line you know Like he's done it this year. Like he's had games where he's like, you really notice him out there. So yeah. If if for whatever reason, Jujar isn't going and I hope he is. I want, I want that big frame out there, you know, Haas could step in on the fourth line. And then when you look at the depth on defense, even with green opting out, um, you know, we, that's the other question. So Broberg, Broberg has been really turning heads at camp, really turning heads. Uh, People are pretty impressed with him. He's skating like the wind. He's scoring goals. I think he scored some goals. Has he not? He's been on a he's been on a scrimmage yeah. with. Um, oh yeah, I think he scored with... three goals. I think he scored really? three. I think so. Yeah. <clears throat> man, oh man! Like uh, the people that thought that was a bad draft pick are gonna end up eating their words for sure. Because people were down on him. It was it was it was pretty ridiculous for a while there. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, like people thought it was a bit of a reach. At where we took him or whatever. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So what's, is that guy, like he could see action, right? Yeah. 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 Oh, he's man, in the mix. Amazing. Looks like he's in the mix. Yeah. I mean, I think we're probably, I mean, I'm sure the, the odds on favorite right now, barring injury or anything is, is Matt Benning, Chris Russell in the third pair. Yeah. But it's nice. It's nice to know that we have a Jones pro Broberg pair lined up and those guys can both move the puck they're both intelligent players like they're the, yeah there's it's good to have that level of skill in your third pair even if they are a little young but roberg's been playing against men for years now so yeah that'd be something else man that would be something else so broberg probably will see like he'll see action against the flames for sure that's a good question i'm not sure i'm not sure how well, you're gonna play that i mean if the talk around him is as, is as heavy as it is and if he's got three goals, like you're not gonna not see how that guy does in a game against the Flames. I don't think it's probably true. It's probably true. And if that happens, and who knows? It'd be great to have a lanky Swede back there. Well, and he skates like the wind. Plus, he does look like '90s Brad Pitt. I mean, I'm not, I'm not afraid to say it. You know, like there's a reason Brad Pitt is Brad Pitt, and it's because of the '90s. Yeah. You know. It all happened in the 90s, bro. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, looking forward to the Flames game. That's still that's eight days away now. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to the guests we got lined up in uh, the next week. I think we got two great ones, um, and then some other ones that we've reached out to that we're looking for. That'll be really fun, I think. I'm, I mean, I think it's gonna be crazy, man. Once once the playoffs start, and we're doing like post games and stuff. You know, like it's gonna be great to be doing post games with you and and like these other these other people. You know, like it's gonna be a fucking hell of a fun time, God willing. Assuming, you know, we don't shit the bed really hard against Chicago, which again I don't see happening at all. Which means, of course, it probably will. Knock on wood, everybody. Knock on wood. Right on. Uh... Write on your gratitude cards how grateful you are just for this chance, just that it's an honor to be nominated for the NHL playoffs. That's right. Think of I Detroit. Mean, like, Think of Detroit. Yeah. Can you imagine? They're going eight and a half months without hockey or a shot at a first at a first overall, even though they totally should have that. Mm. 
but that would suck. You know what I mean? So this is interesting. Um, if uh, if the Oilers beat Chicago in the play-in, Mike Smith earns 125k. Okay. And it'll go up depending on how many wins he earns in the series. I still think Miko could end up getting the start. You know, these well, Tippy said, said today that they're both likely to see action. Yeah, so which I think. Yeah. Like, I mean, who knows how this is all going to work out? I mean, I don't know. That's we have a really strange like. There's been a lot of like goaltending pairs that I've seen, and we've tried to do it like a bazillion times. But this this goaltending duo really seems to me like a true duo. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think I think they're a great pair. Um, like it's got to be. I think be that they're, bit... they're they're different enough, but they're both like like mentally kind of like they're both chill enough to not have like too much of a chip on the chip on their shoulder, which is perfect. Yeah. And they're both great goalies, you know, in their own ways. And I think maybe that's like one of the, I don't know, I'm, I have no idea what I'm talking about here, but maybe that's something that we're going to see, you know, in the ways that the game has changed, especially like over the past like 12 or 24 months, is you'll see like the goaltending position evolve in a way that players are, you know, it's weird to think of as, as of a goalie in terms of being chill but you'll see goalies that are kind of more open to the idea of like, you know, it would be easier and more efficient possibly if like we both did this, you know what I mean? I'm like open to that idea of like playing on a team as a duo, as opposed to like two guys trying to steal the other one's job constantly. 41 games is enough games. Like you need more, you want more games? Really? You want more games than 41? Yeah. Like, come on. Why would you want to play? Why would you want, to people for people to shoot vulcanized rubber at your face and crotch at 300 miles an hour for more than 41 games, you know? Yeah. Well, I guess, I mean, in the past it's been, you want to be the guy, right? Like you want um, to be the guy uh, and everything that comes with, with being the guy, like job security, uh, money, all that stuff. But like, not to say that that's not important, but maybe it's just like you'll still get, you know, what it comes down to is winning, right? Like it's got to be if you're constantly, if your whole, if part of your game is like trying to just beat this guy on your team for a job, like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It sounds yeah. It's kind of fucked up. It's kind of fucked well, so up. Brown, this, this circles back to what I was wanted to say a little bit more before about the Leaf, the Leaf Oilers comparison. Like hockey is a team game. It's one of the most ultimate team games of all team games. So like all this bullshit about how, oh, you know, like Drysaddle sucks because he's on he's on a team with a great player. Like, I'm sorry, it just doesn't work that way. Like no. that is not that's not an argument because we're talking about a team game it's where everyone's on everyone's on team everyone's on a team with good players. At least they should be, you know. Like Austin Matthews is playing with good players. He's not playing with Connor McDavid. And like I'm sure he'd probably get more points if he played with Connor McDavid, but it's not as though it's not as though Connor McDavid probably would get as as many points without Leon Draisaitl either. You know, like they're all they're part of the same thing. They're on the same team. It's one it's one thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's one thing. And I, but I think that maybe that sort of like that attitude is is uh, is becoming a little more prevalent. It used to be something that like. I think a team would talk about making that realization as though it was like a like a real secret, you know, like the real philosopher's stone of of winning was able being able to come together as a team. But it almost feels as though uh, now maybe that's sort of like where you start from is all being, you know what I mean? It's, it's kind of like hippie as shit that I'm spouting, maybe. Mm. But no, no, it's not. It just seems like that's like a, like a better recipe for success, I think. Obviously, it's a better it's a better philosophy for success. Yeah, it's a better philosophy for success. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, so, so it's the whole thing. I mean, that's why Babcock. That's why all those guys got canned, right? Because they were trying to run, like whatever they were doing, which I think was like pretty 
prevalent. Like I think that was, if not the majority of coaches, then a lot of coaches. That was like the old school, right? It was like berating your guys and like doing all that shit, whatever it was. This is kind of like useless. Like it's it's counterproductive. At least in the in the long run. Maybe we're just absolutely. We're more concerned about the long run now or something. As in life. I don't know. Well, the long run, I mean, the short game, the short game is a destructive thing, you know, short-sightedness. Uh, it's, it's one of those things in many aspects of life that will really fuck you hard. Um, yeah, but the thing is with sports, I mean, you have a short window for success, right? Yeah, but you still got to build, you know, a system you know, I mean, it's all about the pipeline. Like, I mean, really, a professional sports team is a player development pipeline True. writ large, ultimately. that's. I think that was one of the things Lou Lamorello used to say, which I thought, which I really dug, you know, like you basically, and that's one of the reasons why the Oilers suck so bad. We just had we were, we were horrible at developing players for years we and in, years and years. We were in panic mode. We yeah. in panic mode. Yeah, that's true. The whole and yet now, yet now we have all these, you know, we have decent forward, we have depth at all positions right now. We have prospects that are pushing for positions. Plus, we have prospects that are great that we don't even talk about or think about. Like, we haven't even talked about Bouchard. We yeah. haven't talked about Sam Rukov, who's going to be off playing in Russia, you know, learning how to become even more deadly, hopefully in the KHL. Like, those guys could very well be very strong players for us, too. Plus, whoever the fuck we draft this year. Like, it's going to be... Doesn't it feel like it took, I mean, it's so easy to talk about things because we have Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, but it seems like it took, despite how incredible those players are, it seems like it took like, like the change in the high, in the, um, the high, higher office with getting Holland in there and Tippy. it seems like it just completely changed everything. Those two guys just completely undid like so many years of bullshit, you know? Doesn't it feel like that? Which is so strange. Well, it feels, it feels that way, I mean, because partially, I mean, gosh, because it's true, but there's also, you know, there's all the stuff behind the scenes that helps make it look that way. So there were people planting seeds and tending to things yeah. like Keith Gretzky and even Craig McTavish and... Of course. Um, who's the other guy? Scott Housen. And we, you know, we... we There was that one year where we, where we drafted Jones and Bear or whatever, plus Marino... And we've been developing guys, and, and you know those—that's a process that goes on three, four, five years. So I think, I think finally when we got Shirelli, he was like, okay, 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 okay. I don't know how to be a general manager, but one thing I do know is you have to develop hockey players if you have if you're a team in the National Hockey League. So we're gonna actually set up a thing where we develop hockey players properly and draft properly. And they're like, oh, 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 oh. and then that is that finally is showing fruit now. Yeah. But That's we also have guys that can like implement that now, right? Like it feels like Tippy has just had such a like a steady hand through all of that shit, whereas other coaches we've had would completely like even if we had a pipeline of guys, we would get yeah. to that stage and it would just end up being like an ungodly massacre at that point. Well, we've talked about this before actually, in a like, long time ago. Like it's like you, it's like no matter how good the pipeline is going, you still need. Um, like a regulator at the top being totally. like being making the decision. So I wanted to run this by you as well here just to mix it up a little bit. So game one against Chicago is Saturday, August 1st. I don't think we know the broadcast times yet. Do yeah, you know we, do. we do. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a high noon. That might and be Eastern time. What about, what about game two and three? That's Monday, uh, Wednesday, August yeah. 5th. I haven't thought that far ahead. I have well, July 28th think, and then... I think we better start thinking that far ahead because I figure... Between August 1st and 5th, I am going to be riding high on like a new another plane of existence. So I just need to, I need to start planning for that fact. Because, you know, assuming, assuming, I mean, that could be very well. If we, if we just stomp them and win the first three games, that could be it. You know, game four and five are only if necessary, bro. I know. Well, yeah, it's going to be crazy. I mean, like the 28th, Falls on a Tuesday, and then the Oilers will play. The 28th is a game against the Flames. The Oilers will play on the 1st, which is the Saturday. So uh, Oilers-Flames, and then four days later, the uh, the beginning of the playing round. So I think beginning on the 28th, you'll, you'll actually be. That'll be like the beginning of your um, astral traveling 
will be on the 28th. The 28th is where the engines start, like they, they, they ignite it, but it takes a while to warm up. And also, like, I'm, I'm trying not to, I'm going to try not fixate on the flames too much because I don't want to flame out. Like, you can fix, if I fixate on that preseason game too much, I'm going to flame out. I got I to gotta, I gotta pace myself. Yeah, but I mean, that's a really important game. Let me ask you this. If you're playing, if you're playing. Well, I mean, it is and it isn't. No. Right? I mean, it it, it's, it, in some ways, it's not important at all. Really? You don't think so? You don't think if you were playing... Let's well, not say, in the fucking standings or whatever, right? Like, it's a preseason game. Yeah, I know, dude. But we could be playing them in, like, three rounds from now in, like, the the conference finals. You know what I'm saying? You're saying, like, if, if um, Johnny... Just, no injuries. Johnny that's, Hockey, that's, like, the only, that's the most important thing in that okay, game. Okay, here's what I'm saying, though. I'm saying if you're if you're playing that game and one of their guys like Johnny Hockey is like right in the tracks, you're 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 not gonna like you're gonna ease up on him like as though it's an exhibition game. I know. Well, I me wanna... no, but you know. You think like I don't know a, a legal hit? I mean, whatever. I I think I don't. I I'm think just saying. So much has happened. This is the thing. This is the thing. Okay, so. Like, the Oilers-Flames rivalry was burning so hot back in the spring, right? Yes. But what's happened since then, you know? Like, it's well, we like if, if there was an alien invasion and people were being murdered by Ray Gunn in the streets, the Oilers and Flames would probably put their differences aside. You know, they would someone would probably try, you know, quietly, you know, beat the shit out of Mark Giordano, like, all the same. But besides that, they would put their differences aside for the greater good, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, but like I at think this point, I think, I think the tenor... Like if Zach Cassian is and Keith Kachuk, I mean, it's going to be intense. It's going to be well fought, but I don't think it's going to be that. I don't think it's going to be that crazy. Here's, dude, it's so much different than a regular exhibition game. When you play an exhibition game, you're playing a team before an 82 game season, right? It's completely meaningless. Like you, you couldn't possibly be farther away from the playoffs. We're playing the Flames in a situation where, like, a month later. We could be playing them for, for like the to get it to get into the finals. Like it's a huge calling it an exhibition game is so it's so not what it is. I mean, it's different. It's completely different. It's completely different. All right. This well, we talked like, we talked about it a lot already. I don't want to I don't want to beat the horse on it too much, but I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be hella fun. I think it's going to be I think it's going to be the most fun preseason game that's ever been seen. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, you shouldn't be worried about, like, like you don't want to, like, burn out thinking about that game. Because it's a huge no, game. It's a I've, huge game. It's it's not at all unimportant. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll happily burn bright. I'll happily burn burn hard. Yeah, it's huge. Huge game. That's where it starts, yeah. man. That's that's the first huge, part. Is huge. Um, uh, I think, uh, what do you think? Should we start the wind-down procedure? You got anything else? I think we should start the wind-down procedure. Okay, let's start that. Yeah, it's uh, looking forward to the week ahead. I think it's going to be a busy week, but uh, but um, I think it's going to be a good week. I think, you know, we'll keep our powder dry and we'll keep ourselves energized. And, you know, we're, we're already booking guests for you know, a couple of weeks in advance now, so I think it's going to be a really exciting time. Like, I'm just really looking forward to talking to some of these guys about the games post game, you know, like if you just look at the guests we've already had on, any one of them would be would be brilliant to talk to you after after we've actually seen some hockey, given that we've well, been producing content without hockey now for how many months? The majority of our podcast has been without hockey, pretty much. Right? So I think sad. we've done more episodes when there hasn't been hockey than we did when there was hockey. Hmm. Which is incredible to think about. Yeah, no kidding. Like, it'll be great to actually be doing a hockey podcast when there's hockey. For a change. Yeah, I know. For a change. Yeah, for a little treat. We'll actually have, like, you know, games to talk about. Like, we can talk about the game. Like, what do we talk about? We'll talk about the game that just happened. I know. I know. I know. It's going to be really weird. Yeah. I have a feeling it could be quite good for the podcast. What about you? I think the addition of hockey existing can only, can only help. If you're listening out there, we love you. Um, you're one of the, you're the sexiest listeners around. Please subscribe. Please leave us a review, especially on Apple Podcasts. That's uh, that's a very, very good review for us to get. So um, 
you know, feel free to lie, feel free to embellish, you know, like treat it like a resume, you know, just put stuff on there, you know, like greatest podcast I've ever heard in all time of all time, you know, for example, it's not true, but just put it, you know, no one's going to, no one's going to call the school and find out if, if they actually said you were the greatest student who ever attended that university of all time. That's true. You can write whatever you want. No one will check. Please, please. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. Well, I don't leave it there, my man. Okay. That's I think we got good. a nice, a nice juicy uh, little cut of steak here for everyone. So everyone hang tight, maintain a state of cat-like readiness. Okay. Yeah. And we will be back very, very soon. Uh, I think most likely Tuesday will be the next episode we drop. So, uh, so hold on to your butts. Cause, uh, Barring any major natural disasters or other catastrophes, things are going to get really, really fun really, really soon. You have a nice night, bro. Great talking to you. Okay. Talk to you later. See you later.